Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Tiva, and I want to sincerely apologize for last episode. Like, truly, truly, I think my worst work ever. And what's shocking about this is, like, I don't even think the content was that bad, but I, like, your girl was fucking unwell. It is, I'm not a headache prone person. But I went through this phase last week where I was getting headaches every day. I actually think it's from an herbal supplement that Ozzy's chiropractor put me on when I was in Australia. Little known fact, but there's this herb called astragalus. It's very good for like boosting immune function, which is a very vague phrase, but we're not going to get too deep into this. Something that like you can't even find this information online, but it causes headaches in a very small percentage of people. And I remember a few years ago, I was taking some kind of supplement that had astragalus in it, right? Great ingredient, great herb. You can only find good things about it. And I remember I was getting these headaches every single day and they were really strange headaches. And like the location of the pain would move around in my head. It was the craziest thing. And then it just like stopped happening when I went to Portugal. And then like two years later, I was I was like formulating herbal blends and I made one that's like for general immunity and stuff and I put astragalus in it because again it's a great herb for immune function and I was taking it daily and I started getting the same kind of headaches and I was like that's fucking weird um and then and I I didn't even bring it up but I had a friend who was like really good with herb stuff and she just like in passing one day was like yeah I wish I could take astragalus but I can't it gives me headaches and I was like what and she's like yeah it's like she said that her herbalist explained it to her as like it's too immune boosting for some people. And I stopped taking it. My headaches went away. And then I went and checked that supplement that I was taking two years prior. Sure enough, it had astragalus in it. No one talks about this. No one talks about this. Now, the herbal supplement that the Cairo had me on did not have astragalus in it to my knowledge. But I wonder if it's something similar where it had some kind of herb that tends to work well for most people, but in a very small percentage of people, it's quote unquote too immune boosting because the headache felt the same where it was like it was moving around in my head is the only way I can explain it. Um, But yeah, I am off of it now, but I had the worst headache last week when I was recording. And then on top of that, like, I don't know if it was related to the headache or like something else, but you know, like, have you ever, you know, when you look directly in the light and then you look away, you'll see kind of like glowy floaty things. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is a thing that people experience, right? I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, I was getting that really badly while I was trying to record, but it was like so bad that out of my right eye, 
I basically couldn't see because all I could see was this giant patch of like a glowy floaty thing. So when I'd like look at my computer screen to like read the notes from my outline, I could only read out of my left eye, my right eye. I would just see this giant like aura basically taking over the screen, which was Definitely difficult for the episode itself, but guess what? It was really fucking hard when I was trying to record the ad, which had a script that I was reading. So yeah, I just want to apologize. Um, you know, I appreciate everyone who did listen. If you didn't listen, it's it's a good one to skip because I was just, I just... I was doing my best, but my best was not good enough. (laughs) And for that, I'm very sorry. Okay, so first of all, I want to say happy Persian New Year's to all of my Persian girlies or guys or whatever you identify as listening people, probably people, um... And happy astrological new year to everyone. So if you're not familiar, the spring equinox is the moment of the true new year. It's the moment of the astrological new year. It's Persian new year. And I would lobby that it should just be the new year because it makes a lot more fucking sense for the beginning of spring to be the new year than the middle of winter. Um, Just like energetic sense, right? That spring energy. There's new, there's more light flowers are coming in bloom, plants are coming in bloom, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) We're getting close to harvesting some spring vegetables. I mean, it is a time of newness. It's the energy makes sense versus the dead of winter. Um, So the spring equinox is the exact moment of transitioning from winter to spring in the northern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere, you're Well, in the Southern Hemisphere, technically you're transitioning to fall. But what's interesting is like Australia, Australia does this thing like they say summer starts December 1st. And I remember talking about this with Ozzy one time. Also, if it's your first time listening, don't go back to last episode. Stay here. Um, Ozzy is the nickname we give my boyfriend who is Australian. That's not his name. Um... I remember he was like, yeah, summer starts December 1st. And I was like, no, (laughs) it starts on the 21st. And he's like, no, but like, that's arbitrary. And we decided it started on December 1st. And I was like, okay, well, what you guys decided was arbitrary because the actual moment of summer or any season starting is based on the positions of the planets, So like when we say the 20th or the 21st, whatever it falls on that year, we're not just like pulling shit out of a bag. It's based on certain planetary positions. Now, don't prod me to say more than that because I can't. Nevertheless, the exact moment of, I, I guess, the sun moving into Aries, I guess, 
is when spring begins in the northern hemisphere and that is the Persian New Year. New Year, good God, I can't talk. Um, I am going down to DC today to see my family. I'm only staying for two nights because I think I can stay for two nights without like shit popping off. So we're going to try that because for Christmas, I tried to stay for too long and I learned a lesson. So two nights, most of today is going to be spent in the car anyway. And then Thursday morning, I'm just going to be coming back. So really, it's like barely any time at all. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on with that. Oh, also, today is my dog's birthday. But I do want to just say this is the time to be making changes. This is the time to be setting intentions. We are now in Aries. Aries is a very go, go, go kind of sign. It's a fire sign. It's a very charged, like energetic, masculine energy type of thing. Um, If you're not familiar with that term, masculine energy has nothing to do with like men and women. It's just like an energy type. I don't know. I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole, but it's a very charged external, like this is the time to do shit. Like, you know how in the first episode of the year, I'm always like, this isn't really the time to be like setting intentions and like yada, yada. Cause we're in the dead of winter. Like the energy isn't there to be like, Ooh, what am I going to do? But this is the time. It's the beginning of spring. We're in Aries. This is a charged energy. This is the time. So like think back if you were someone who like set resolutions or like made intentions at the beginning of the year, which again, I never advocate for because it's not the right time. But if you did do that, think back on what those were, reassess them, make new ones and like really go. This is the time to strategize. This is the time to plan. Think about your goals. How are you going to get there? The winter was for going internal and shedding the things that were standing in the way between where you are now and where you want to be. So hopefully we've done that shedding process. Now is the time to think like, okay, what action steps do I need to take to get to where I want to go and start fucking taking those action steps now? Um, Personally, what I'm going back to is what I talked about in episode 119. The episode is called Your Questions Answered, The Four Most Important Choices You Can Make loneliness and sex, (laughs) which is kind of a weird episode title because the loneliness and sex discussion had literally nothing to do with the four most important choices you can make. Maybe a semicolon would have been a better grammatical choice. I don't know. By the way, I think there's some kind of update to that article on loneliness and sex that I discussed on that episode. Um, I have not read it, but I did talk about the four types of choices that are available to us, right? And those four choices are to do more of something, to do less of something, to start doing something, and to stop doing something. And there's a secret fifth choice in there, and that's everything that you're not changing, you are choosing. So anything that you're keeping the same, you are choosing to continue. Anyway, so I really like sat down and thought about like what 
are the four choices that I want to be making right now, like in this new year energy. And I really, really recommend that you do this with me. So if you are somewhere where you can grab like a notepad, ideally, and start writing, then do that. And if not, um, just do it in your head right now and make a mental note to come back to this episode, re-listen to this part, and write these things down. So here are my four choices. As far as like things I want to do more of, I want to do more exercise and I want to do more cold exposure. So as far as exercise specifically, I want to be doing more strength training um, and I want to be doing more cardio because that's something that I'm like terrified of. Like that is like the last frontier for me as far as movement goes. Um, I'm thinking maybe like dance because like that seems fun to me. Like that seems really fun. Like learning a routine that like I'm smiling. I don't know if you can tell. So that sounds fun to me. That's like a versus like, I'm not going to run. Like a bitch is not going to run. I had that as my new year's resolution every year for like 15 years. And I think it was like when I turned 31 that I was like, okay, we're done. We're done. Like, I'm not going to run. We are done with this. Let's move along. As far as cold exposure, I mean, there's so many benefits of cold exposure. It reduces inflammation. It resets the nervous system. Uh, I mean, you name it. Like, it can even contribute to fat loss because there are certain types of fat cells, brown fat cells that are like very cold sensitive. So when they're exposed to cold, they actually die maybe shrink, maybe. I can't remember. But there's a lot of longevity benefits to cold exposure. They say 11 minutes per week of cold exposure is really, really good. What I've been trying to do is um, I will do my sauna blanket, my infrared sauna blanket. And then when I'm done, I jump in the shower and I try to do I mean, really, I try to do as much as I can under the coldest setting. Um, some days is easier, some days is harder, but I'm trying to work my way up. Now, here's the thing. In addition to like the physiological benefits, I think what cold exposure really does is it builds mental resistance. Specifically for me, like there are benefits to heat and there are benefits to cold, right? And I think both of them have a place in your wellness routine. But heat comes a lot easier for me. Like I could sit in the sauna blanket all day. Like would I, you know, (laughs) get bored eventually? Would I eventually want to get out? I mean, would I have to get out and pee? Things like that? Sure. But heat is a lot easier for me than cold is. Like the way that I have fucking resistance to cold, the way that I shiver, the way that the entire time that I was in Australia in the dead of their summer, I was like the water's too cold to get into. And Ozzy would be like, please just get in for a bit. You'll love it. Like once you get in, it gets better. But like I would get in and then get wet. And then like that, like fucking, you know, seaside breeze would sweep over over me and I'd be shivering and my teeth would be chattering, yada, yada, yada. Cold comes very hard for me. 
But I have this theory. I think what comes harder for you, you need more of. So I really think like for me, like the cold exposure, like whatever, the inflammation, the longevity, this and that, does all that matter? Of course, sure, sure. But there's a bigger thing of trying to train my brain to do things that are difficult. Because I think that we are a society that really lives in ease. Like we love ease. And there's nothing wrong with ease. Listen, like I'm a lazy ass Taurus. Like I love ease. I love sleeping. I love bed. I love food. I love sitting on the couch and watching TV and eating food. I love all of these things, but it is in the fire that confidence is forged. It is in the difficult moments that we learn, that we grow, and that we up-level. And the more that we can force ourselves to do things that are difficult for us, the more that we grow and the better that we get at doing things, unexpected things that are difficult for us. Does that make sense? Like if you are just like indulging in the coziness and the comfort of things, that's great. And there's, there's definitely room for that, right? Most of your time should be spent there. But if you never expose yourself to difficulties, then when difficulties inevitably pop up because they will, it's going to become a lot harder for you to actually deal with those things because you're so used to being comfortable. Whereas when you push yourself to do some uncomfortable things, what you're really doing is training your mind and your body in how to deal with uncomfortable things. So then when uncomfortable things inevitably pop up, you're better equipped to deal with them. Okay, so those are the things I'm doing more of, exercise and cold exposure. Things that I want to do less of. Um, Number one, I've talked a lot about how I'm trying to taper off of my magnesium. Um, So I'm going to be doing that. Um, It's kind of on hold right now because last week I was like so constipated and I think it was like putting pressure on my bladder and I kept peeing my pants as I talked about last week. So it's been on hold, but when I feel ready, I'm going to be starting, restarting my magnesium taper because I really would like to be able to poo without having to take a supplement to be able to do so. The other thing I want to be doing less of is I feel like I've kind of felt like a little like numbed and disconnected from social media. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I've had a harder time showing up on it. I think it's a self-protection mechanism. You know, um, social media can be kind of scary, um, you know, especially on TikTok. Like, you know, any TikTok that does well also comes with a lot of negative comments. For example, the most recent negative comment was some dude commented on a TikTok that had my face in it and wrote, I can barely tell that you're trans. So he was like trying to essentially insult me via also insulting an entire demographic of people because like 
if you're using that as an insult, then you're insinuating that there's something wrong with being trans. So that's more why I'm offended rather than like a personal dig trying to say like what I look manly. Cool. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? The negative comments come in. And I think like as a self-protection mechanism, I felt very disconnected from social media and putting myself out there. But putting myself out there is such a big part of my job and what I do here. And so I really want less of that like numbing and self-protection and I guess more of like showing up and putting myself out there. As far as new things that I want to do... I want to do some bursts of cardio and hit, which I kind of like talked about in wanting to do more exercise, but like specifically, I want to be doing some cardio, which I have not been doing. I want to resume my gratitude practice. So if you're not familiar with it, I used to do this every single night for like a decade. I fell out of it because I stopped smoking pot because I would do it like at the end of the night when I'd like smoke take a few hits of a joint before getting in bed. And when I stopped smoking pot, like it was, I guess it's like habit, the opposite of habit stacking, right? Like a way to keep up new habits is to stack them with other habits. But the problem is if you have intuitively habit stacked, which like I didn't, I didn't even know of the term habit stacking when I started doing this, then when you can't stop doing one habit, then the other one kind of falls off. So I want to bring my gratitude practice back in. Basically, what I would do is I would list three things that I'm grateful for, one positive thing that happened in the past 24 hours, one thing I'm looking forward to, and one thing that's nice in the moment right now. And the idea is that you do the gratitude and then you go like past, future, And then you end by being really centered. As far as the gratitude itself, the key for having it be effective is you have to say three new things that you're grateful for every day. So you can't just like kind of repeat the same shit. And the idea is like, well, the science behind it is when your brain scans for new things to be grateful for, you're strengthening the part of your brain that looks for the good in life. So a good way to do this, like if you don't want to write it down, is to try to think of things that you're grateful for specifically relating to that day. So that'll kind of like bring you more specific and stop you from being like, oh, my family, my dog, my health or whatever, you know, if that makes sense. Um, The other thing that I want to start and like that is technically something that I used to do, the gratitude practice, but because I've fallen out of it for long enough, I'm putting it in the new section rather than the more of section. Really, the idea is like I want to bookend my day in mindfulness and spirituality. Um, The other thing I want to start doing again that I used to do but fell out of was um, wearing like blue light blocking glasses at night to watch TV and things like that. Um, the thing that I want to stop doing is I want to stop scrolling my phone in bed. Now, I am not saying I want to stop doing it right this second, because if I'm being completely, completely honest, I, I'm not like emotionally ready yet but I am slowly going to work my way there. So where I want to end up is I want to 
put my phone not even in my bedroom at night. So like leave the phone outside the bedroom. Now, one thing I've been doing um, to slowly ease my way there is like when I first wake up in the morning the past few days, I haven't reached for my phone. I just did like breath work in bed without reaching to my phone. Um, but yeah, eventually I want to get to a place where I put my phone in airplane mode and leave it outside of the bedroom, but I am still fully scrolling the bed at the phone at night when I get into bed. So like, I'm definitely not even anywhere there yet. And I'll be honest with you. It's not happening anytime soon. It's funny, you know, last year I said at the beginning of the year, I was like in 2022, at some point I'm going to stop vaping. And by vaping, I mean, I was vaping nicotine at the time, but I was like, not yet. It's going to happen at some point. And this year I said it about like the phone in bed situation. I was like, I'm going to stop like scrolling TikTok at night and I'm going to like read in bed or something to a red light device. But yeah, it's not it's it's not happening yet. Eventually it will get there. Okay, so as you're listening, think to yourself like it's spring. It's a new year. It's, you know, energetically a new year. The leaves are coming in, the flowers are coming in, the fruits are coming in, the berries are coming in, the produce is coming in, the weather is getting warmer. You know, the city is livening up. Everyone's starting to be more social. The days are getting longer. It's a more, more, more time. It's a time of growth. What are the four choices you want to be making right now? So what do you want more of? What do you want less of? What do you want to bring in that you're not currently doing? So what do you want to start and what do you want to stop? What are the four choices that you are going to be making today or start to be making today that will bridge the gap between where you are right now and where you want to be in the future? Okay, moving right along, I want to talk a bit about the importance of balance. So this is a conversation that my friends and I were having. I can't remember how it's, oh, I think it started actually with like screen time, right? Like we were talking about how like screens and social media and these things that we know can have really negative effects on our health. Um, And I was saying Basically, like, I think we live in a society where we're constantly, like, making these bright line rules and have a lot of black and white thinking, right? Like, we have this with technology, like, social media is bad, screens are bad. We have this with carbs, carbs are bad. We have this with salt, salt is bad, or, like, sun exposure, sun exposure is bad, or, like, people-pleasing. All of these things, like, we try to like we talk about them in this very black and white sense when the truth is that most things live in the gray like most things are not like like technology yes it has many harmful effects but like let's be fucking real here guys technology has evolved our lives technology has enabled connection even social media specifically yes there are many harmful effects of social media we see it specifically with you know preteen teen girls who are comparing themselves to others and have you know higher rates of depression and anxiety than we've ever seen 
But social media has also democratized marketing. Social media has democratized entrepreneurship. Social media has provided connection for people who haven't had it before. I mean, social media can be a wildly positive thing. Social media can help you launch a business without having to have you know, tons and tons of money. Like these benefits cannot be overlooked. Carbs, carbs are how we stay alive. Without carbs, you die quite simply. Like there's no way around it. Salt, again, like we demonized salt because we started eating such processed foods where there was an excess of sodium and not enough other minerals to have it in balance. But if you're not eating a ton of processed foods, you need salt. Now, you do want to get like a very mineral-rich salt. I really recommend um, the Celtic Sea Salt. Um, that brand does really, really well as far as like mineral density. There are some types of sea salt, like there are studies now that suggest like some Himalayan salts actually have like high levels of really harmful minerals in them. But like the one that I hear consistently good things about is Celtic sea salt. It comes in a blue bag. DM me if you have questions, I'll send you the one that I buy. But like, if you don't eat enough salt, you quite literally will die. You know, and so if you're not eating a ton of processed foods, you actually need salt in your diet. It's one of the many minerals that you need. Um, People pleasing, obviously, like problematic. It's not great. But look at like what happens when you just take this bright lined, like no nuanced approach with it. You end up like Raquel from Vanderpump Rules, right? Like she's like, oh, I was such a people pleaser. I've always been such a people pleaser. I've always put everyone else's needs ahead of mine. I was in a five-year relationship with someone who, you know, I was constantly just valuing his needs and not looking at my needs at all. And she tried to take this bright line black and white approach with that and ended up having a seven month long affair with her best friend's partner. You know, like it's not everything needs to be in the gray sun exposure. Yes. Direct sunlight on your face is a massive contributor to aging. And, you know, depending on your skin tone and where you are in relation to the equator and also in relation to the ozone ripping apart, then too much sun exposure could quite literally kill you, right? But we need some sun exposure. That's how we get vitamin D, which is an extremely crucial nutrient that the vast majority of people are deficient in. Like, we just can't think of things as black and white. We have to find a way to have balance. And I think the reason that we struggle as a society so much with balance is because it's a lot easier to have bright line rules and it's a lot harder to have balance, right? It's a lot easier to be like, I'm not eating carbs than to just eat intuitively. And with what we already know, we already intuitively know that we should have diets that really prioritize real whole foods, right? Like we know that. We know that it's better if we eat an abundance of raw whole vegetables, but it's easier to just buy that packaged good that has that low carb sticker on it. 
Because then you don't have to think, then you don't have to have nuance, then you don't have to go internal and figure out why it is that you don't have balance with this thing. It's easier to just cut things out than it is to be balanced. But for most things in life, just cutting things out, just having these bright line rules is not going to serve you well. Eventually, you're going to have to find some kind of balance because whether you go to the extreme black end or whether you go to the extreme white end, you're probably going to be doing something that's bad for you. The truth is too much of anything is bad for you and too little of most things is also probably bad for you. And along those lines, after we had that whole conversation with balance, it was the same group of friends. We got to a conversation that got very, very interesting for me. So basically, one of my friends was talking about this like very common thing with anxious attachment, which is this tendency to want to like overshare very early on in connections with people as a way to try to force intimacy. So basically, my friend was talking about, you know, making a new friend and how she really was trying to like not do this thing that she's historically done, which is, you know, like overshare, whatever, um, because she knows that that's a symptom of anxious attachment. She's trying to not do that. But she's like, you know, I have to also have balance with like also sharing enough and like progressing the relationship and like you know like it's our first time hanging out so maybe I don't talk about this but I do talk about this and then our second time we can talk about this or whatever and she's you know she's really focusing on the balance conversation we were just saying having and I was like yes of course you have to have balance but I think balance comes from showing up authentically, right? And to kind of tie it back to like what I was trying to convey last week, which I was really struggling with because again, your girl was fucking unwell. Whether you're oversharing to force intimacy or you're playing things cool to like build suspense or interest or whatever, both ends of this anxious attachment spectrum are inauthentic because what you're really doing is you're strategizing, Right on the one end of the spectrum, you're like, okay, I'm going to share this and I'm going to share this and I'm going to ask them about their childhood and their parents. I used to do this shit, right? When I went on dates, like I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to ask them about their childhoods and their parents and what their biggest fears were growing up and these really deep questions so that they open up to me and then they like, fall in love because they're opening up so much, right? That's a form of strategizing. That's not showing up authentically. I was doing and saying things, wanting to achieve a specific outcome, which was intimacy, which was connection, which was safety and protection for me, because the more someone falls in love with me, the safer I feel because they, quote unquote, won't leave me, right? The other end of the spectrum where you're not opening up, where you're trying to play it cool, where you're trying to be aloof so that it builds like suspense and interest for them. Again, you're strategizing, you're playing a game. Neither of these are authentic. What is authentic is when you show up and all of your actions and all of your words are just genuine. They're not motivated by trying to achieve some kind of outcome. And Balance really comes from being authentic. You can't strategize balance. Balance happens when you do enough work 
so that you get to a place where you don't have to put thought into how you're showing up. Because ultimately, what's happening is you become so solid in yourself that you know that the outcome doesn't matter. And I, listen, I have done a lot of strategizing in my life and I still catch myself doing it sometimes. Like the other day, I think it was last week, I ran into this guy on the street that I like kind of work with. He's like a big like podcaster and like online personality and stuff. And um, I'd never met him before, but we have talked like, you know, we've met via FaceTime and email and things like that. Um, And again, we like kind of loosely work together. And I literally just like saw him on the street one morning when I was walking my dog. So I went up and introduced myself again because like we have met remotely and we do kind of work together. Um, And like I was just like being so awkward. And so, you know, as he's saying hi to my dog, I know he likes dogs. I know he has a dog. And so I was like, oh, my dog used to be paralyzed. (laughs) which was kind of weird and abrupt. And then I was like, why the fuck did I even bring this up? Like it wasn't relevant. And the reason I brought it up was, I don't know, like, I guess like in my head, I was like, oh, this can be something we can talk about. So I'm not being awkward. And like, maybe if he knows that I like brought a dog back from being paralyzed, it'll make him like me more or see me as this like really wonderful person and like whatever, right? This is a great example of me being inauthentic. And now I have two counter examples from recently where I actually chose to show up really authentically. Um, And it really came from a place of like being so solid in myself. So the first was, um, you guys know Dr. Dahlia, she's been on the podcast. So she's a kind of recent friend for me. We met in December. And I the first day we met was our mutual friends bridal dress fitting. That's how we met. And then we went out to dinner afterwards. We did get in some deep conversations. Um but I didn't really think much of it. You know, at no point was like, "Ooh, am I oversharing?" and no point was like like, "Ooh, am I sharing not sharing enough or whatever. It just, the conversation flowed. And then since then, we've gotten closer and closer and closer. So like what was intimate that first night is not intimate now. We've gotten a lot more intimate in our conversations. It sounds a lot like we're fucking, we're not. (laughs) But you know, it's just gradually and naturally built without me having to put a lot of thought into like, ooh, am I sharing too much? Ooh, am I not sharing enough? Like, should I be sharing more? Like, ooh, I want to make sure our our friendship is building. No, it's happened very, very naturally. Another example, and this is like deeper in the anxious attachment stuff. So even though I would say like I'm very secure now, once in a while I still have flare ups. Once in a while, like, you know, these thoughts come up. And specifically with everything that happened with Vanderpump rules over the past few weeks, you know, I think the reason that this scandal has been like so captivating for all of us is because it's because it makes all of us think about our own lives. Like it's so shocking, right? That these people were together for like 10 years. They own own a house together. They own businesses together. They're partners in life. They're partners in business. They have the same friend group. And for seven months, he has been having an affair behind her back with one of her best, best 
best friends, someone that she was housing inside of her home, right? It's shocking. And it kind of makes you think like, okay, if Ariana, who seems like a decently intelligent human being, right? There's no, like she has no cerebral limitations that we can see. She seems like a sharp, bright, smart emotionally and in every other way intelligent girl if she had no idea literally no idea that her partner was fucking around on her right in front of her nose for seven months then how were any of us safe, right? I think that's why we get so captivated by things that happen to other people because it makes us start thinking like could this be happening to me? Right. And so the other night I had a moment of a flare up where I had like eaten gummies and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, if Tom was cheating on Ariana all this time, who's to say that Ozzy's not cheating on me? Maybe he's cheating on me. Right. And then I was like, maybe I'll like bring it up with him tomorrow. And then I was like, nah, I'm not. And here's why I'm not. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. Let's say Ozzy is fucking around on me. Let's say he has a girlfriend in Australia right now and he's just living this life behind my back and I have no idea. Eventually, it'll come out. Eventually, I will find out. Wait, by the way, I'm trying to remember how all this... Oh, right, right, right. It broke because... Because Ariana found videos on Tom's phone. So it didn't even come out because like they're famous. It came out the same way people could find shit out, right? That all of us could find shit out. The way all of us have probably caught our boyfriends in the past. So let's say Ozzy is cheating on me. He has this secret other family, girlfriend, whatever behind my back. Eventually I would find out. So why am I going to disrupt my current peace over something that isn't even happening that I like deep down I don't think is happening, right? But it's that like what if thought that comes up when you see shit like this happen. Well, guess what? If that is the case, eventually I will find out and we'll break up and I will mourn the relationship and I'll get stronger from it and I'll find someone else. And that is when you have true peace. Like that is when you really know you've reached secure, when you don't need to be freaking out about shit because the outcome doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're so solid in yourself. And that doesn't mean that human connection doesn't matter because that's not true. Human connection matters a lot. Studies show over and over and over again that the number one determinant of how happy you are in this life is the strength of your social connections. Who you choose as your partner matters. Your friendships matter. Your relationships matter they matter, quite frankly, more than anything else matters. So it's not this like, oh, boss bitch, I'm okay on my own type mentality. No, my relationships matter, but my relationships with any specific person don't matter. Because if my relationship with Ozzy ends, I will find someone else who's even better for me. If any of the friendships I have right now end, that's just making more room for better, more aligned friendships. And that's what comes when you move from anxious attachment to secure. You are no longer hung up on any specific person. And therefore, 
you don't need to be strategizing. You don't need to be thinking about like, oh, how can I make this friendship work? How can this? How can that? You don't need to be doing these things because you know that this specific person doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Let me know if you have questions on that because it's something that I'm obviously really passionate about. Okay, now I want to talk shit for a bit on a bunch of things because whatever, we're just going to do that because I like to be a little messy here and there from time to time. And yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about this girl. I'm not going to talk about her by name. So I'm going to give her a nickname. Let me think. Let's call her Svetlana. Okay, so I met Svetlana um, last summer. I met her through a friend. And, you know, we went out one night. It was it was really fun. Like, I had a lot of fun with her. Um, and then, like, since then, we've been Instagram friends. We DM, whatever, no big deal. Um, so the other day, she DM'd me something that, like, annoyed me so much. So basically, I would put something in my Instagram stories about how about how many layers I was wearing. It was really cold in New York that day. And it was really, really windy in the morning. Specifically, it warmed up throughout the day. And so I was wearing like two pairs of pants, like two sweaters, um, a jacket, two scarves, two hats. And so I was like posting this Instagram story about how extra I was being basically and like laughing at myself. Right. And so she DMs me, LOL, or she responds to my story and wrote, LOL, it's not that cold. And I was like, okay, A, my body runs very cold. Like I'm a small person. I have a very hard time keeping myself warm. As I've talked about before, I run very cold. I have a very hard time dealing with the cold. Secondly, yes, the temperature wasn't that cold, but it was extremely windy in the morning when I posted this. She responded at 7.36 p.m. So like maybe she wasn't outside in the morning to experience the wind the way that it was. But the bigger thing is like, yeah, that's the point. That's the whole joke. That's why it's funny. Like, that's why I posted it in my stories. I didn't post it in my stories as like a documentary on how to stay warm in this weather. It was like, hey, look at how psycho I'm being by putting on two scarves and two hats. Like, who does? Have you even heard of someone wearing two scarves? Like, that's funny. It's funny. That's the whole point. And so I was like, like so annoyed. And then I was like, let me dig deeper as to why I'm annoyed. And then I remembered that she's done this once before. So um, this was a while ago. I'm trying to find it in our exchange. But um, I had posted stories on my Instagram about how I used to confuse all these different actors together. I can't remember who all they were but um I'm like scrolling our thing but it was it was like Bruce Willis um Greg Kinnear a bunch of like uh, like and then I started posting other celebrities right and she dms dude they look nothing alike and I'm like okay 
whatever like the whole point was like how ridiculous that I thought all these people look the same like it's like like clearly she doesn't get my sense of humor which is fine like maybe she has a hard time getting things in general like maybe there is an element of neurodivergence whatever but I was like really thinking like okay why instead of like feeling oh oh shit I did not mean to turn on vanish mode Oh no, how do I turn off vanish mode? I accidentally turned on vanish mode in our DMs. Okay, there we go. No, turn off. I'm oh, Jesus Christ. Um guys, this is a disaster. Also, I don't know if she can see that I'm turning vanish mode on and off on our DMs. Stop it. Okay. So I was trying to figure out like why I'm so triggered, right? Because like really this is just kind of sad that this girl like has no sense of humor and can't get jokes and like like maybe has like a difficult time connecting with people as a result of it. Like generally I'd feel bad for someone and not be triggered by it. But then I remembered exactly why I feel so triggered. And it's because over the fall, when I was like in a highly depressive state and being really antisocial and then trying to force myself to socialize more as a way of like breaking through this like depressive episode that I was in, I DM'd her and I was like, oh, are you back in the city? And she's like, yeah, I've been back all week. And I said, how long are you here for? And she wrote, not sure yet. So far I'm here leaving the eighth for 10 days but can be earlier too, but just for the weekend, but just for a weekend. And I said, okay, well, I really want to hang with you. She never responded, which does feel really mean, especially when I think about like how fragile of a place I was in at the time, like ultra, ultra, ultra depressed and trying my best to like break out of it by like reaching out, putting myself out there, whatever. But I can't really falter for that because it's like, what is she supposed to do? Like if she doesn't want to hang out with me, which she clearly doesn't want to hang out with me, right? Otherwise she would have responded. What's she supposed to do? Either respond and be like, no, I don't really want to hang out with you, which feels like more mean or pretend she does want to hang out with me and then never follow up, which, you know, we always talk about as being problematic. So like really, what are you supposed to do? If someone like reaches out to you in a platonic sense and you don't want to hang out with them, maybe not responding is one of your best options. So I can't falter for that. What I can falter for though is like badgering me in my DMs. It's like, you've made it clear that you don't want to have a friendship or a relationship with me. So don't fucking DM me, right? This reminds me of fuckboys who will like ghost you, but then look at all of your Instagram stories. But it's worse because she's not just looking at my Instagram stories. She's fucking DMing me. She's replying to my Instagram stories. Like she's putting herself in my orbit. And like, I don't know. I don't know what I have to say to this other than like, if you are on the other side of this, if there's someone who you don't want to be hanging out with romantically, platonically, whatever it is, like you don't really want them in your life, stop orbiting them. 
Stop DMing them. Stop reaching out to them. Stop, stop orbiting them. Just let them be. Let them live. Like if you dated a guy and you know he's not the guy for you, but you just have him on the back burner to like entertain you whenever it is that you're not hearing from the guy you actually want to be hearing from, stop. Stop doing that. Just stop. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need that safety net. You have the tools and the resources to do the inner work so that you don't need that safety net. Okay, another thing I want to talk shit about is that Gwyneth clip from last week. So Gwyneth Paltrow went on a podcast. I guess it's her doctor's podcast. And she talked about her wellness routine. The clip that's specifically gone viral and people are commenting on is Gwyneth talking about how she does like an intermittent fast. And then for lunch, she'll often have bone broth. And then for dinner, she has vegetables, whatever it is, right? So... I don't know if I want to talk shit about this clip or if I want to talk shit about the reactions. But again, I think this is a situation where we go to a lot of extremes, right? So there is this overlap between wellness culture and eating disorders. That's a very real thing. And I think something that happens a lot is we mask eating disorders as wellness. Actually, someone who speaks about this a lot and I think speaks about it very well and very eloquently is this um, former influencer named Lee her last name is like Tilligman or something. Her blog was Lee from America. I remember I used to follow her when I like first was starting to use Instagram in like 2016. She'd like talk about, you know, clean foods and clean this and clean that and plant care and like not using toxic uh, environmental products, yada, yada, yada. And a few years later, she was like, I'm taking a break from social media. And she checked herself into a treatment program for eating disorders. And since then, she's been really open about the fact that like wellness culture helped her mask her eating disorder. You know, she could mask it as like wellness and health and the things like that. And I think we see that a lot, obviously, in extreme and a word that we all know is orthorexia. But I think we see it in other ways, too. And I think we actually see it a lot in men. I think men mask their eating disorders as wellness all the time. By the way, my finger is so swollen that I can't get my aura ring off and it's like cutting off circulation. So that's really fun for me. Um, anyway, men do this all the time, all the time. Like when men don't eat for a day, we call it like intermittent fasting and we call it, you know, um, uh, fucking longevity and this and that and reducing your lowering your metabolic age and like you name it but like we can see it more clearly in women as like disordered eating right so there is this very real need to acknowledge how wellness culture can be contributing to disordered eating and can also help people mask disordered eating so i'm not taking away from that but the outrage that I've seen this past week over her wellness practices, it's like, okay, like we can call out that like maybe this is a way of masking disordered eating. Sure, we can do that. But the, at the end of the day, just don't do it. 
just don't do what she's doing. Like, it's not, you don't need to have all this outrage. Like, the way the vitriol that we've seen in reaction to it, just don't fucking do what she's doing. It's her life. It's not affecting you. She can eat whatever the fuck she wants or not eat whatever the fuck she wants. Now, if a licensed nutritionist wants to talk about how that's like, maybe not enough food. Sure, educate people, but we don't need all this hate and vitriol constantly in response to what other people are doing. Why are we so hyper folks fixated on other people's actions? And I think it's because we don't want to go internal. We don't, right? It's easier to comment on someone else's eating habits than it is to look at our own. It's easier to be triggered by other people's actions than to think like, why am I so triggered by this? And like, what, like, what can I be doing instead? Right? Like for me and Svetlana, one of the first things I thought was, why am, why am I so triggered by this? And then when I uncovered what it really was, I went and gave my inner child a lot of love because obviously like the feeling of having her completely ignore my message that to me was this like cry for help. Now, she didn't know how much of a cry for help it was because all I really said was like, oh, I really want to hang out and she ignored it. But it was this desperate, sad cry for help and her completely ignoring me was such an intense rejection and it was really hurtful and it brought me back to being a kid and feeling like I didn't fit in and like not knowing the language and not being white enough and like not you know fitting in with all these like blonde European kind of girlies while I'm all like Middle Eastern and like you know made fun of for it. She doesn't know that history. It has nothing to do with her. But I went in and I gave my inner child a hug and I started doing a lot of that internal work because like obviously I needed it if I was having that kind of reaction to Svetlana DMing me and like really showing her own lack of humor and ignorance and like whatever. Right. And really just showing me actually that she's not even the type of person I'd want to hang out with because like she has no sense of humor. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) What is my point here? I guess my point ultimately is like if you're having kind of like a strong reaction to other people's words and actions, it's always an invitation to go internal. Okay. The last bit of shit talking that I want to do, and then we're not even going to get to the topic that I had planned for today because all of this shit is taking too long, but we'll save it for next week. So there is a woman who I've met um, in the past few months, and we follow each other on social media, and I've noticed that she complains a lot. Now, this is someone who I've I've met her at events and stuff, and she's opened up about how she doesn't have like the type of social structure that she would like. She doesn't have a ton of friends. Like her friendships are kind of surface level and like situational. She doesn't really feel like she has people close to her around her. And that's a really sad thing. And I really, really want her to find her people. And also like, I'm someone who's gone through a lot of bouts of loneliness. Um, even, 
you know, was recently as like November, as I was just talking about, I was feeling super lonely, right? So I totally, totally get it and can completely relate. Now, I was looking through her Instagram stories. I, well, I've been looking through her Instagram stories, and I noticed this thread where she's constantly complaining and constantly talking shit. So she goes to a lot of events in New York City, and I'm just going to pull up her um, her social media so I can kind of give you some examples of the type of stuff she posts and talks about. So this is in her Instagram stories. Um, okay, like for example, this this isn't even like complaining, but she talks about how she needs to learn how to cook again because she's too broke to eat out anymore, right? Um, that's not even like deep complaining. Um, but it has like a negative, oh, something, I need this, but I can't afford it at the moment. Um, not a lot of words on her Instagram stories right now, so I don't have great examples of this. Wow. Okay, there we go. Uh, she shared something about how black matches everything. My eyeliner, my mascara, my heart, my soul, my sense of humor. Um, not an extreme example. Wow, this is like the most positive I've ever seen her Instagram stories be. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, here we go. She is talking about how this event wasn't well run. She talks about how every time she truly opens up to someone, um, blah, 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 like she's rejected. Um, okay, I'm going to stop looking through her stories, but basically her stories are constantly just complaining about like not having enough social connection, complaining about the way various events are run, complaining about food, complaining about beverages, complaining about long lines. It's very negative and very pessimistic. And I was thinking like, it makes sense that she doesn't have good social connections because she complains all the time. And I'm not saying that you have to be like good vibes only, right? Like I think that's very toxic. It's very toxic positivity. I think we need to allow for room for our negative thoughts and feelings to exist, right? I, I'm not discounting that at all, at all. I'm not denying that at all. But you're not going to be very likable if you're at the other end of this extreme, right? Going back to balance, there has to be some balance. Like, yes, feel your feelings, but don't wallow in them. Now, studies show that optimistic people are happier, they're more likable, and they're more... Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze. <coughs> 
Okay, excuse me. They're more successful because they're more likely to see and notice opportunities. Now, if you are someone who is negative a lot, like this person, A, I would look into maybe like having some low-grade depression because that's usually where that lives. But I also think there's this other element of it as someone who used to be quite negative. I think sometimes like we embrace being negative because it feels like edgier and like less basic to be a little more contrarian. If you're unsure if you're a negative person, I would ask yourself two questions. Number one, do people seem to want to be around you? And number two, in the evening, reflect on everything you said and wrote throughout the day. How much of it was negative? How much of it was gossiping? How much of it was complaining? And now maybe you're listening to all this and you're like, okay, I'm definitely kind of a negative person or, um, you know, I'm not sure if I'm a negative person, but I definitely don't want to be like this. I can see how this is not likable and not attractive to people. How, like, should I just force myself to be more positive? No, you don't ever want to force yourself to be anything. Like going back to what I was talking about before with anxious attachment and, showing up authentically and, you know, having balance between trying to force connections and yada, yada, yada. You never want to be forcing different behavior. Instead, you want to address getting there. So if you're kind of a negative, pessimistic person, you want to internally raise your happiness levels. And happiness levels can be raised via actions. Specifically, studies show that having a gratitude practice makes you a more positive person. So going back to what I was talking about before with my gratitude practice, studies show that if you list three new things that you're grateful for every single day, then within 21 days, you will become a optimistic person. So studies show that pessimists turned into optimists within 21 days of doing this. The key is that they have to be new things every single day. You don't want to repeat. And to repeat myself, the reason is because it's neuroplasticity. So basically when you are searching for things to be grateful for, what you're doing is you're training your brain to look for the positive, to look for the good things in life. And then the more that you do that, it's like a muscle. You keep working it out. It becomes easier and easier to look for the good in life. And then that just becomes your natural disposition. So no toxic positivity, no good vibes, only. We're not saying like ignore the things that are bad in life. But what I am saying is like if you are complaining a lot, that's not going to serve you in any facet of your life. It's not going to make you feel better about yourself. It's not going to make you feel good in general. It's not going to help you make friends or make social connections. And it's also not going to help you in your career. It's going to hurt you in all of those facets. So go internal and train yourself to become a naturally more happy, more optimistic person and watch your entire fucking life change. Okay, so what I was planning on talking about today was five easy ways to reduce attachment anxiety, stabilize your mood, 
and regulate your nervous system, but there really is no time. So we're going to save that for next week. We're going to do a deep dive into the nervous system and yeah, happy new astrological new year. Happy spring. Thank you so much for listening. If you learned anything in today's episode, if anything got you thinking, if you benefited in any way from this episode, I would appreciate it so much if you could take a few seconds to just rate and review this podcast. And if you're not subscribed, make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you get all the new episodes right when they drop. But if you could just drop in and leave a quick five-star review, it takes a few seconds for you and it helps the show so much. And don't forget to share the show with people you think would benefit something. Well, good God, I don't know how to talk today. Would benefit from it. Benefit from it. That's it. Okay, seriously, love you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye.